This is Fast Bible Teacher, a brief daily nugget of fresh Bible goodness from me, Pastor Frank Delala of the Savior Community Church in Rockland County, New York. We come now to what is without a doubt the most well-known, famous portion of Jude's letter, that is the doxology of verses 24 through 25. And I absolutely love this portion of scripture for so many reasons. Uh, I think I've mentioned it before, but we actually close all of our worship gatherings at the Savior Community Church, almost all of them, by citing this. And this is the last thing I usually say before we dismiss people from worship. And there's a reason for that. You know, sometimes I, uh, well, the reason is because it's awesome, but it, it also comes in really handy for me when I feel like I failed a little bit as a pastor or preacher. Because, you know, sometimes you have, you know, we're working through a passage of scripture and maybe it's a hard word and we want everything we preach and teach uh, to drip with the grace of God and to have people understand that nothing the Bible calls us to do, uh, or I should say God never expects us to do any of the things that the Bible calls us to do. He never expects us to, to attempt to fulfill his commands apart from the empowering presence of God within the person of the Holy Spirit. So whenever we hear a command or an exhortation from Scripture, we're to understand that that can only be done through God's empowering grace and through dependence upon upon his Holy Spirit. So sometimes as a pastor, I fail to do that very well to make that point. But I always know before people leave, they're going to hear these grace-filled, uh, uh, just wonderful words of gospel truth that God is the one who's able to keep you from stumbling. He's the one who is going to stand you up before the presence of his glory with great joy. So we're going to read these verses and I want to start in, in this section by talking about what a doxology is. First, let me read these verses. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. So what's a doxology? The uh, New Dictionary of Theology, which is a great little resource, has this. It says, doxology is the offering of worship to God in wonder, love, and praise, exalting him, glorifying him, and proclaiming his greatness in humble adoration. Of course, doxology uh, uh, comes off of the Greek word for glory, which is doxa. And there's a, a formula to these doxologies, general formula. It starts off by identifying the object of praise. In ours, it's to him who is able. And then it goes on. Then the words of praise be glory and majesty or whatever. Then something like forever and ever. What's awesome about Jude's doxology is that when the object of praise is being identified, he already begins to talk about who God is based on what God does. He's the one who's able to keep you, right? So right off the bat, even as Jude is identifying the object of praise, he's identifying some of his praiseworthy characteristics, so a couple of my own thoughts, a doxology is an exuberant exclamation that grows out of our experienced theology of the goodness, greatness, and majesty of God. Whenever I teach uh, theology proper, theology proper is the doctrine of God. So you have general theology about everything the Bible teaches. Theology proper is the theology of God. Uh, I, I go with Millard Erickson's division of, of the attributes of God. He breaks them down into attributes of goodness and attributes of greatness. And I find that so simple and and so helpful. And I always conclude by putting this to, to uh, students, and that is this, what if God were good, but not great? Well, if he were good, but not great, 
You could tell him your problems. Maybe he'd be nice to you. He'd be like a nice friend. He'd be like this great cosmic friend whose shoulder you could lean upon. But you couldn't really trust him to do anything. He wouldn't be of any real use to you. And then what if he were great but not good? Well, you could know that he was powerful and he was able to do things, but he'd be terrifying. We serve a God who is both good and great. We can trust him. We can adore him. He's beautiful in his character, but he's also powerful and great and able to deliver on his promises. For show links and notes for my Sunday Sermon podcast and for the big show, A Frank Discussion with Jan Jacobs, go to fastbibleteacher.com.